Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. West Coast. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Morning, Jay and Key. What up? Feeling good this morning, Jay? Pounding Red Bulls, I'm huh? having a Red Bull at 8 a.m., yes. Not a bad idea. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing good, Joseph. Yourself? Everything's wonderful. Just, um, you know, I'm wide awake now. Yeah. You know, it took about 15 minutes to really get going, but uh, wide awake now. You know, Max. Yes. How you doing? My clock is so upside down, Key. Max. Yes. Do you have justice in again today? This just in? Yeah. Yes, I do. This just Every in. Day. What'd you call it, Key? Then in just or something. <laughs> you got then in just right now. <laughs> also, do you do boxing today? I don't do boxing today. Maxim no. boxing's on Fridays. It's on Fridays. 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 When's well, the fight? Wonderful show. When's it, what, aren't you doing a fight coming up? I am. It's in May. May what? Well, we are in May. Yeah, it's May. May this is May. Hold on, Max Mike. I'm like, Mike. The fight is Mike, Saturday. Max. Max, you didn't know that? You didn't no, no, when I say 20, it can't be 20. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, 20, May yeah. 20, yeah. Today's May 3rd. Yep. Max. Today's yes. my. Wow, it's coming right up. Yes. Max. Yes, Key. Kellerman. What I mean, it? Max Kellerman. Yeah. That's right. What's your middle name, Max? I don't have one. He doesn't have one. You sure? Or Positive. You just don't want to tell us. No, no, I have no middle name, and Max is not short for anything. Max is Max. Not Maximilian or Max, so just Max Kellerman on my birth certificate. What are you doing today, Key? What do you got planned for today? I got some things I need to take care of. Yeah, today's anniversary day for me, me and my wife. Happy anniversary anniver- day, what did huh? You, what did you, Happy what did anniversary, you, baby. It's another birthday you, for your wife. What did you buy? Uh, no, we're going to spend some quality time. We're not really big on like, doing big things on our anniversary. We're not the That's anniversary not, I didn't say people. anything about big. I said, what did you buy? I, I didn't buy anything. A house, a couple cars. <laughs> All the, the kids' clothes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we, we, we've exchanged a lot in our lifetime of marriage. Hmm. So, I mean, we like to look at, you know, what we've so invested you mean to tell into me this relationship. On your wife's, in your, your, your anniversary, two weeks before Mother's Day, you didn't buy her anything? Well, there's been a lot going on <laughs> at the Williams household, Key. Yeah. Okay. All right. A lot going on over the last couple of weeks. So, we're, you know, we're just trying to, you know, we're in it. We're in it together. That's true. Yeah, you know, we've been going. You know, I'm always trying to get you to. I know you are. Her, I, I, see, people don't recognize this at home. He's like, Jay, what have you bought Nikki lately? I'm like, what? stop. Just keep your hands out of my bank account, please. <laughs> I no, never I'm understood this your, thing I'm about buying your, your wife's just, stuff in my pockets. Buying your wife's like stuff, your husband's stuff. Supposed to Why? Purchase her something for her birthday. If Christmas, she wants something, she buy it, Mother's right? Day, like, I don't get it. Yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Every day, every like you're day. always supposed to, <laughs> you know, you're supposed, every to day. At, you're supposed to look at it and go, oh, oh, that's nice, babe. You bought some more Amazon. That's really wonderful, Nikki. So we're trying to buy some Amazon stock. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just pressure. That. Really, all these days, anniversary, birthday, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, all this stuff. International just, Dog Day. Yeah, it's pressure. Lover's Day. It's like, pressure I, to spend. I, I, how many days do we to have? To spend your money when, in fact, if you're married. And you get yourself what you want. You're an adult, right? It's if you you didn't feel pressure on any other day to spend extra money. Why on that day? Like, do you have to feel like the need to go overboard on your anniversary? Ow. Like, or is it more like significant, like ten year anniversaries, twenty year anniversaries, or is it every anniversary? What do you guys do? 
What do you do? First of all, anniversary is her day. Let's let's just get, let's get that straight right away. No <laughs> dude is looking forward. Oh my god, it's my anniversary today. You know, like come I mean, on, let's be honest about that. You know, Key, do you know when your anniversary is? Yeah, I know why. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hold on, man. Let me look at my phone. Let me see. Come on, man. Calendar reminder pops up. Ooh. Uh, hold on, man. Here it is right here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I knew today felt different. You just could have put my finger <laughs> on you it. You know what day it is today, right? Uh, uh, Wednesday? You start thinking, oh, wait a minute. It's got to be the anniversary. <laughs> no, you obviously. Look, every, every holiday, you say the pressure, right, Max? Yeah. The, the pressure comes from the ability to do, whether it's materialistic or just love and enjoying because you can do that. You don't have to go out and purchase, but that pressure to go out and purchase is there because the world that we live in, there's the social media conscious, right? Yeah. That, oh, my God, did you see what Max bought so-and-so? Did you see what Jay bought so-and-so? You know, Key, so let's it, be honest, though. When you get a present on your birthday, if it's extravagant, you're like, damn. I didn't want, because you're spending your own money. And well, if you really would have wanted a, that, I'm you'd have gotten a, it for yourself. I don't want, I don't want anything ever. Right. That's so what, if, you, so if you get a I'm very like, fancy I'm present. Like, I'm like the Russell Simmons in my house. You want clothes? I'm like, I like wearing the same thing. All, yeah, I, I'm the I don't same need, thing. I don't need, I don't need anything. So, so when you cool. get an extravagant Molly, present on your birthday. As Molly say, I'm free key. I Give me a free sweatshirt. I'm good. All day. So, so Key, <laughs> when you get an extravagant present on your anniversary or your birthday, inside you're actually going, damn, I wish you wouldn't have spent that. I don't really want I that. Usually, I, I really want it. I would have bought it. I usually know mm-hmm. when something is being spent that's extravagant. <laughs> <laughs> I usually know, Max, you really would have to hide and dupe me because, you know, not I'm me. I get these, I get sweatshirts sometimes. I'm like, I don't need another. Oh, it's, I love it. Thank you. I'm like, I wouldn't have gotten Great. that one. It's so it, good. I know what you spent. I know the design. I know what you spent on that. If I wanted to spend all that money on a sweatshirt, I would have done it. See, kid, like the worst is like when you like, regardless like, if that's a, like a significant event. Like when you get these questions, um, hey, wait, you got anything planned for next week? <laughs> and you're like, not, not that I know of. I, I, I don't know. Like, is there any any days that are special next week that maybe you want to? You ever get like that kind of like that pressure where you're like, I, wait, is there something? Oh my God, I'm a mess. What? Jay, you can start writing a poem. There you go. <laughs> you write a poem. Start or writing a little just, haiku. You'd be just fine. Write it in your calendar on your desk, and you're fine. You would know. So, Jay, so, have your feelings. If your feelings have changed about your anniversary over the years, how have, has your feelings changed about the Lakers beating the Warriors? You did start out by saying bad matchup for the was, Lakers. Yeah, I still think it's a bad matchup. But well, have mean, you learned anything new in Game One that changes your view? Have you learned anything, anything new. new? Yeah, Teacher Max. Well, yes. I have a question, Teacher. Well, listen, I could. I, hand, call I know me, a lot please. about boxing, but every fight I watch, I'm going to learn something about that fighter, about what I think about a future matchup. All those. Kind of things. I, I, look, it, it's skill versus physicality, and I, I think the I was a little bit surprised that they Draymond played so far off and Kevon Looney played so far off Anthony Davis. Like you know, in the first quarter, Anthony Davis really found his rhythm, and they were playing drastically off. Um, the style matchup of LeBron and AD playing off Kevon Looney and off Draymond Green. And the way they they call it like in NBA like um, top locking, right? So like 
if I, not, we talked about this a couple of days ago, we were saying, you know, when Sacramento played Golden State, they were playing on the baseline side of Steph, which means they were chasing him around screens. What you saw the Lakers do is more similar to what teams like Cleveland did when they played against Golden State back in the day when they had guys like Iman Shumpert who were playing on the high side, right? So you saw Jared Vanderbilt almost like face guarding Stephen Curry, so he had to run through his chest. And then when he did chase, that sides of Vanderbilt, they kept funneling Steph and all action into LeBron and AD that set into the paint. So there's a reason why you saw Draymond's Draymond Green's stat line almost be like a little bit insignificant. Now he had like six or seven assists, but like they forced Draymond to be a playmaker. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, Draymond, like you be a playmaker, but we're gonna stay at home on shooters. And even though they made 21 threes, you saw how much they dominated with points in the paint, 54 to 28. You saw the free throw discrepancy, right? Like the, um, I got the numbers right here. It was like it was some massive number where you're looking at it and you're like saying, oh, my goodness, man, you guys are dominating the paint. All right, 29 free throws for the Lakers as opposed to six free throws for the Warriors. So, the Lakers were hitting those free throws, by the way. And they made 25 or 29. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Lakers' power is going to come from. Attack the paint, attack the rim, force the refs to call fouls, and force the Warriors to beat you from the outside. Key, did you did you pick up anything from game one that you're like, okay, I'm now thinking differently about this thing? No, I always thought that the Lakers had an opportunity and a chance because if Anthony Davis played at the level that he's capable of playing, they don't have anything. Looney's playing great, but that's that come on, man. That that's not enough. And so if he could continue to play the way that he has been playing throughout the playoffs, I felt like, okay, he had the one stinker, but that was, that was pretty much it. Um, you know, and the other guys are going to contribute, and Austin Reeves and D'Lo knocking down shots, and then obviously Vanderbilt playing on the defensive end and harassing Steph and pushing him to other guys. If they could continue to do that, I've always felt. It's not just because I'm a Laker homer. I'm not a guy that's always quick to say, Somebody doesn't have a chance just because it's a bad matchup. Coaches make adjustments, and that was one thing that I would certainly say Ham did is made some adjustments to get them in a position where they can make plays on the offense and the defensive end. I actually agree with you guys about AD's significance. I mean, it's hard to look what he did last. But I think what I learned, at least, has me thinking about it a little differently. And I also thought the Lakers had chances but favored the Warriors. But the the Warriors started out hot. Wiggins hit. I mean, it was a three or a long two, and Steph hit one, and it just looked like, uh-oh, this could be an avalanche. To me, it felt that way early. They're at home. They start to get hot. They're going to be counting by three, and the Lakers would, be counting, Lakers would be counting by two. You know, but AD was aggressive. There was, no, uh, mm-hmm. he- there was no hesitation when he got the ball. You mentioned at the elbow, almost uh, really stretching out almost to the three-point line. He would, he would turn and shoot. He would... He was decisive. That's the word I'm looking for, decisive. And when you saw it, but even then, you don't know that that's going to work against Golden State, but it did. So a decisive AD on offense, because he always plays defense, has me thinking, yeah, the Lakers could win this thing. Well, I mean, first off, Kevon Looney is uh, one heck of a player. Yep, and he had another good game. But he's not a heck of a primary defender, especially (laughs) against a guy – AD when he's when he's right, man, that's top ten player in the league. Like when he has that aggressive mentality, key. So whether that's Kevon Looney, who has slower feet, and AD can beat him off the dribble, 
AD can get a shot off because they're playing in that drop coverage on him, or whether that's Draymond Green, who he has a significant height advantage, like that is something that the Warriors are going to have to deal with. What you're hoping is that you minimize the others. Right? You're saying, okay, well, we have the matchup against LeBron James. We hope that LeBron James settles for outside jumpers. And we hope that the style in which we play, you saw them do it in the fourth quarter, if we can speed up the tempo of the game, if we can push the ball in transition, maybe we can get some easier chippies. And that's what allowed them to get back in the game in the fourth. All right. Meantime, are we okay with Jordan Poole taking the shot he did at the end of the game from 100 feet away with eight seconds plus left in the game? KJM. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max are presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. Steph Curry has changed the game. Everyone gives him credit for that. A lot of players in the NBA comfortable with taking deep threes. And you imagine Jordan Poole on the same team, gets a look, thinks, yeah, I could hit that, especially if he's in rhythm. But are we okay with Jordan Poole taking the shot? He did. Is 8.4 seconds left in the game. You're trailing, right? Would have tied the game. It was 115-112 at the time. Are we okay with Jordan Poole taking that shot? Hey, Steph Curry, because Jay said earlier in the show, Jordan Poole, you ain't 30. You're not Steph. Steph Curry and Steve Kerr at the post-game presser. What do you think about Jordan Poole taking that last shot? I'm sure he felt pretty good about it. That's why he shot it. There's no regrets on that. It's just you know make or miss type situation. A lot of trust in him and his ability to put the ball in the basket. I had the timeouts left, but I saw them double-teaming Steph at half court. So I knew somebody was going to be wide open if we could just get the ball uh, out. And Steph did a great job. He got the ball out of the trap, and um, Jordan was wide open. And pretty good look. And, um, you know, that's that's a shot he can hit. Yeah. he, can, he, he Well, he's got shooters on the floor, number one. But I think he should have dribble, dribble, punch, Jay. Take a couple steps in. Even if he was, he had eight seconds. Even if he pump faked it and got the defender off the ground and leaned into him to get the foul. I mean, there's all sorts of things he probably could have done. Yeah, uh, you know what? Sitting here watching the replay, um, 
<laughs> now go dribble, dribble, punch, yeah, I mean, boom. Yeah, he could have gotten. I, I don't like the shot, and I'm okay. I, I just don't like the shot. But when you're watching tape today of it, I guarantee you what's being said between Steph and Draymond is, "Yo, Dre, instead of swinging that ball so quickly, look, I was running towards you for a dribble handoff." Because I got in double team, and as soon as I swung the ball to you, they started to recover. Dribble handoff right back to me. Come on, man. Give that to me. That's mine. You know that's mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. You know I'm him, right? So I think that's a moment between those two mm-hmm. that they're going to reflect on and say, okay, if we're in that situation, we're going to do that a little bit differently because they know that Jordan is trigger happy. They know that Jordan's probably just going to react and take that shot deep, right? So that's more of a veteran presence coming back like Dre, like let's figure it out moving forward. We know what time it is for us. So it all started then. It started off at the top with Draymond. With the with the rotation. If he would have never swing. given it, yeah. If he would have never given it to Jordan, and he would have held on to it and let them slide to him, and he can kick it back out because they're getting ready. As soon as he went over there, they're getting ready you to see get it. exactly. So it's like you know, as this thing in basketball, NYP, like know your personnel key. So mm-hmm. if you know your personnel, you know Jordan. It's trigger happy. He's gonna shoot that thing. But if you watch, as soon as Steph swings it. You start seeing the guy that was doubling Steph sprinting over. That's where Vanderbilt's coming so, from, the double. He's sprinting over. So, so now double team, double team, double team, double team. Ball gets rotated. Sprint over to try to get to him. Yeah, Jay. <clears throat> so if Draymond dribbles and turns his back and allows Steph to come closer to him, he could dribble toward him and hand it to him underneath. Or, or Key, you, you know time and situation because you're bringing the ball down the court. You're seeing the shot clock go down 10-9. Hey, look over at Jordan. Fake swing it. Have the defense rotate over. Hey, Steph, come on, right back, baby. Yeah, he's just handed it right off. Now. Right? It's time now. It's time, yeah. You could see it developing because we were watching it on ESPNU, for those of you watching on ESPNU, and 100%. So it's it. like, you know, like today you're going to see, for people at home, you're going to see the, the clips go viral about Jordan Poole, but these are the type of things that when you watch tape on it afterwards, to bring you into that locker room, that's going to be a moment for Steph and Dre to share, like, yo, moving forward – Give a ball fake. Bring that thing right back to me, man. They probably had that conversation right after. Oh, the, for yeah, sure right, he okay. did. Well, the Lakers will be ready for it. Dion in California. You're on KJM <laughs> ESPN Radio. Good morning. Good morning, Dion. Hey, hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Yo. Hey, hey. good morning. So I wanted to uh, piggyback on uh, Max on what you were saying about Curry and LeBron's um, record going against each other. Um, and who is about? So it's for me, in my opinion. I'm I'm a LeBron fan. Well, I'm from California, but I love Curry, but I hate him at the same time. But for me, for my opinion, that if LeBron takes out the Warriors, the defending champions, is a win because what happened? Um, you know, when they lost the championship against the Warriors, LeBron when he they when they had Kevin Durant and they the Miles had a super team. Now it's, the NBA is level. Dion, that's what I'm saying. When Steph has beaten LeBron, it's always been with, let's face it, an unfair advantage because the teams were relatively evenly matched and you added KD to one of them. If you would have added KD to the Cavs and LeBron would have stomped Steph the next year, I'd have been like, come on, man. LeBron had KD with him and Kyrie and Kevin Love is ridiculous. But that's what Steph had. Steph had not just Clay and Dre, but they added KD. But see, I think we're having this legacy. I know it's something that people want to talk about. But this is the second round. So even if LeBron does beat Steph, 
he still has to go through Denver and still has to win a championship. So, like, if he doesn't do that, what does that mean about legacy? Oh, we're paying attention, Jay. I am paying attention. You're acting as if this is the NBA championship. And what I'm trying to tell you is this is the semifinals. So, if the Lakers get by Golden State. but When the lose, Lakers get by Golden all right, State. But if they lose to Denver. Can I give you a boxing or analogy? Or Phoenix, like what does that mean? What is that going to tell you can about I, their legacy? Can I give you a boxing analogy? Sure. So Ali and Frazier fought three times, right? But it's not one-on-one. Max. No, no, it's I knew boxing. you were going to say that, but that's not the analogy. The analogy is about legacy. Ali and Frazier fought three times. First time was undisputed, both undefeated, da-da-da, Frazier wins. Second time, there was no title on the line because George Foreman had knocked out Frazier. He was the champ. Ali fights Frazier again. Ali wins. Third time that you know Ali had beaten Foreman, now he's the champ. He fights Foreman, and Larry Merchant has said the guy who who was, came before me at, at HBO doing the color commentary said that they were fighting for the heavyweight championship of each other, right? So even in the second fight when the title wasn't on the line, that's Ali and Frazier, man. They're fighting for the heavyweight championship of, of each other. And I get it's a team sport, but you can't act like, for example, even if they whether or not they guarded each other, Magic and Bird. Anytime those two teams played, and, and because, you know, Western, Eastern, so, so it's got to be in the, in the championship, but that's always Magic of course, versus but that's personal. That's personal. LeBron and Steph are the two signature players of the era, right? It is unavoidable when they meet that, it's, that, yeah. that there's an element of the championship of each other, even I, if they I, don't guard each other. I agree, but you keep going into this legacy thing. So if Steph loses to, to LeBron... And then LeBron loses in the Western Conference Finals. If that were to happen, does that make you think less about Steph's legacy? No, it's not less about Steph. What does it, it make enhances you, what, LeBron. It enhances yeah, LeBron? Yeah, one of them gets enhanced right now. Now, it's less only when you compare them to each other. Yes, it's LeBron. It's the second round. Does it enhance LeBron's legacy? Because they're legacy? in the playoffs. How you, wait, if LeBron, beats, if LeBron beats Steph mm-hmm. but doesn't win an NBA championship, mm-hmm. how, are you, where does that, how does that – if you, you're stating that LeBron is second greatest player of all well, it doesn't time, doesn't mean you move up in a rank. So, so that's what I'm at. how does it enhance his legacy? Because Jay, it's all part of the story. It's another piece of evidence that whenever LeBron in this era was given anything like a level playing field, he came out on top almost every time. Not every time, but almost in Miami, he had a stumbling block right there because he was still learning. But basically, after that, when he had a shot, he won the whole thing. And in this case. Going up against Steph Curry, Steph has beaten LeBron when he's had overwhelming advantages. He has never beaten LeBron when it's a relatively even playing field. I'm not saying he won't do it this time. The he first might. Championship, it was relatively. Easy. Which one? When they matched up, right? No, that was never relatively even. The only time Steph has won is when LeBron's, when Kyrie and Kevin Love were not on the team anymore because of injury. Then Steph won. When when they added KD to the Warriors, then Steph won. That, but he has not done what, it in what, these what happened, stands. What happened, Jay? Jay, what happened in 2016? In 2016, Steph hurt his ankle in, in mm-hmm. as well as Draymond got kicked out, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that affected that wasn't a level the outcome. Field, but, you know, that was a level playing field. You know, LeBron got. It, it, that was a level playing. Well, but however you want to call it, Max, you can say he goaded him into it, whatever the case is. He did. He did. Whether he did it intentionally and it made LeBron bigger than life, I'm not talking about that. He got kicked out the game. Mm-hmm. But, but okay, Keith, but Keith, when somebody talks about legacy, nobody's going to say, "Well, you know, LeBron beat Steph in the second round of the playoffs." They and will. That really enhances. No, they will not. You will automatically go to championships for LeBron. 
You automatically go to Michael Jordan for LeBron. When you're talking about how they fared against each other in their era, this will be a piece of evidence. And if Steph is able to beat LeBron (laughs) in this series, it'll be like, you know what? Max. Whoever you thought had the advantage, this that was minor. Steph, for the first time, beat LeBron when his team was healthy, fully loaded. And, and Steph was able to do it. Or you're going to say, once again, unless Steph has an enormous advantage, LeBron gets by him. What, what's so difficult about this? Your one? evidence was not accepted into the case, Max. So, <laughs> therefore, Is you your lose. favorite team a Super Bowl contender? KJM. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. We're going to play Real or Not Real. It's brought to you by Union Pacific here on KJM. Get your career on track with Union Pacific Railroad. Apply at UPJobs. At UP.jobs slash sports. That's UP.jobs slash sports. Nuno, take it away. All right. Now that the draft is over, we're going to play a little Real or Not Real Super Bowl contenders. So, Key, I'll start with you. Real or Not Real, the Packers are Super Bowl contenders. I think it's real. I think when you look at the the Green Bay Packers, yes, Aaron Rodgers is gone. But sometimes in these situations, when you replace a great player with a player that is now hungry and ready to go like Jordan Love, you get the same effects whether you believe it or not. I think that they win the division. I think they put themselves in a good playoff seating. So, therefore, they'll be contenders based on that. Uh, Not real. The Packers are not actual Super Bowl contenders. They – you know, you can make the playoffs and not really be a Super Bowl contender, and I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs even, to tell you the truth. If you're in the playoffs, you're a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, not really. No, were the Vikings Super Bowl, Super Bowl contenders last year? A- absolutely they were. The Giants absolutely. were too? Absolutely this they were. This is great news. I wish I would have known. I'd have been so much more excited if I would have known that the Giants were Super Bowl contenders. They would win it and get there, but they are contending. Ah, that, that, no, 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 no. Key, contenders means you think that they're realistically they could actually win it. It's one game, and, uh, and you're in the tournament. One game. Well, the Giants won the a game, and they got and then they got blown out. And even if they would have well, won the next that, game, they hey, you know. that's on them. They got nothing to do with me. Is it me? Is it me or is it him? Go ahead, Nuno. <laughs> All right, real or not real? The Chicago Bears are Super Bowl contenders. Not real. Not real, Nuno. Nuno. Yeah, Nuno. Not real at all. <laughs> When you when you when you look at the team, they got a long ways to go. Ryan Poles is doing an amazing job of trying to surround talent around a great quarterback, young great quarterback at Justin Fields, who's still developing. It's a new coaching staff. They went out, and got some pass protection from him for him. They drafted a couple couple other positions that they of need. And when you look at it defensively, they went heavy in the secondary, but they're not there yet. Not real. Are we joking here? Come on. All right. Next. Uh, real now, real. One of Jay's many teams, the Miami Dolphins, are a Super Bowl contender. 
they are a Super Bowl contender. There's two things. Can they keep the quarterback upright and healthy? And can they win on the road in a hostile, cold environment? They took Buffalo down to the wire, but they still got the L. Uh, real. Absolutely real if Tua can dance through the raindrops. I don't think it's a very good chance. But if they're healthy at the end of the season, they might be the best team in football. They were very good last year, and their defense should get better. All right, we'll stay in the AFC East. The New England Patriots, real or not real, they are a Super Bowl contender. As of right now, I would say no. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a strong believer in Mac Jones at the quarterback spot. I know they bring over Bill O'Brien, who tutored him to some degree while he was at uh, Alabama, but this is the National Football League. I just don't think they have enough. I don't think they have enough. I mean, is this a trick question? <laughs> Bill Belichick doesn't win Super Bowls without Tom. He doesn't even win playoff games without Tom Brady. Super Bowl contenders? Come on, that's got to be a – jo- you're joking with that question, right? <laughs> Patriots ain't going to make the playoffs. I just asked the questions, Max. Real or not real, the C- Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. I would say it's real, although Max wanted to say here's something different. It is real. Dak Prescott, look, he's the quarterback. C.D. Lamb's the receiver. They've got to fix things offensively. Pollard's coming back at the running back spot. They drafted Schoolmaker. I think I said his name right, Schoolmaker from Michigan to tie it in. That helps them out. They don't have Dalton Schultz defensively. They plugged a hole at the defensive tackle position that they so desperately needed. I like it. They went out and got a defensive back to pair up in the secondary. So I, I like where they're at. I would say they are Super Bowl contenders. I hate to say it, but I agree. I mean, Dak, do I think Dak is elite? No, but Dak is a very good quarterback. And whatever I say about Mike McCarthy, he has won a Super Bowl. And they did win 12 games last year. And they got a defense that's good and should get better. Yes, they are Super Bowl contenders, they, though it pains me to say it. All right, what about the other team in the NFC East, the New York Football Giants? Real or not real, they're Super Bowl contenders. I I do believe that they're Super Bowl contenders. If you are in the playoffs and you're in the tournament, you are a Super Bowl contender. I don't give a damn what nobody say. Yeah, your record, or you may say, oh, they don't have a chance. That's not true. Everybody has a chance. We watched the New York Giants win two Super Bowls based on having nine, nine and seven football seasons. So even though this is a different team, there's an opportunity and a chance. By that definition, I would agree with you, Key, but in a more realistic way, I think the answer is no, they're not. And I'm a huge Giants fan, as you know, but to me it's like they're on the right track. If things break right for them this year and you see development in certain areas, Evan Neal at right tackle and Schmitz turns out to be a good center and Daniel Jones takes another step forward with better receivers or even at least stays where he is, then after next offseason, if they have another good one, I would think the Giants will be legit Super Bowl contenders. I don't that think it's that team it's this season. It's a Super season. Bowl contender. It didn't say anything about being legit. Yeah. Uh, one of these days we'll have a de- we'll have a conversation about what is actually a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. So real or not real, the Cleveland Browns are Super Bowl contenders. You know, this is a head scratcher because I still don't know what Kevin Stefanski is as a head coach, and I don't know about the quarterback. I think the quarterback's going to get back to form, but you know, I just don't. I, it's it's hard to say based on the division and everything. And I'm just going to say no right now. I think they take better. I think they take another step. But I don't think I think they barely miss out. That's probably right, but I'm going to say yes. Uh, if I say no, it's partly based on what you said, Key, and partly that 
Cleveland is one of those teams, man, like the Chargers, where you just feel like something's going to happen and it just will miss. But when I look at this team, Stefanski had them looking good with Baker Mayfield. I got to imagine Deshaun Watson at his age is capable of getting back to being the player he was, which was elite. So you add, you turn Baker Mayfield into an elite guy? I got to say that's a Super Bowl contender. You know, he had him playing well with with Jacoby Brissett, but then they fizzled out. Yeah. They were doing good, and they looked, oh, okay, and then it fizzled out. But Brissett's so, not Deshaun Watson. No, but in general, though. Yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah, yeah, they yeah. playing good, and it fizzled, and I don't know what that means. You got to see. I understand you got to see him do it, but I, where you're like, mm, I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and that's probably wise because it's Cleveland. I am going to. I'm going to because Deshaun Watson is very, very good. All right, last, last one. Real not real, the Denver Broncos are Super Bowl contenders. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they're going to have some, some improvement. There's no question about it. I think that they've done well for themselves. They did a good job in the draft for themselves. I like Sean Payton as a coach. I think he'll get Russell Wilson turned around. But I don't think that they're there yet. I, I, I think it's going to take them a year or two. And they're in the division and in the conference with some tough AFC opponents, including Kansas City, by the way. Yeah, I agree for the same reasons Keith said. I, I I believe in Sean Payton. I think they will be better, but I think they have a. It's gonna. It's like one season to start turning that big ship around, and then next season, let's see what it looks like. That's it. There it is. Real or not real? Super Bowl contenders. Chargers real or not real? Key real quick. Not real. Because I'm of not, coach, I'm not Brandon State. I just don't. 21 up by 21 at halftime to a team that's inexperienced, hadn't never really done anything, no, you know, and then you go out there and you lose. You mm-hmm. spot, they spotted you, they spotted you 21. The Knicks tie up the series. Boy, it took everything they had and no Jimmy Butler at home to do it, but they did it. Is there cause for concern based on what I just said? Plus your calls, 888-SAY-ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance and joined now by Chris Canty. What up? What up? What up? See you extra crispy today with the ones, Max. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Extra crispy. Yep, yep. Had to, you know, just throw out the Jay, old Jay threw up the bat symbol, let you know I was going to be in the studio. No, no. <laughs> Jay, Jay no, threw it actually, up. <laughs> actually, as it so happens, I got probably a good 
16 to 18 wears out of the last pair. Last okay. couple times we weren't here. All right. And it was time to rotate. It was, it was time, time to, to rotate. Yeah, okay. You know what happens, yeah. CC? We talk a lot about bad matchups, yeah. right? So I got, I got a lady named Stacy that calls bad matchup in. For that, just bad Styles. matchup for Styles me. Destroys me on different Miami Heat yeah. takes, things of that sort. Who's Key's bad matchup? Uh... Uh, Kimberly A. Martin. Kimberly bad matchup for me. I don't have a bad matchup. Yeah, you got a bad matchup. You're a bad matchup. I'm the arch nemesis. Because he is exactly you're like every kid I grew up with where you, if you weren't on point, if everything wasn't ironed, Oh, everyone was gigging on you, right? And yeah. so now I thought I escaped all that. I'm, gonna, I'm 50 years old almost. Never. And then in walks Chris Canty. Never. There's like lint on something. He's going to notice it. Yo, can we talk about noticing something? Yeah, we talk about noticing that what the Memphis Grizzlies tweeted about Dylan Brooks by saying Ooh, by under yeah. no circumstances, yeah, yeah, are we having you come back here? What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that overall? I thought the Memphis Grizzlies are sending a message not just to their fan base in the NBA at large, but to the guys in that locker room. Moving forward, this is what we're going to be about. Think about how many disappointing early exits this team has had in the postseason. At some point, you have to change how you do business. You need a shift in your culture, and to me. Them saying what they said about Dylan Brooks, yeah, sure, there might have been some things behind the scene context that we don't have, but what I will say is they're also sending a message to their players. I played for Bill Parcells, Key played for Bill Parcells. Coach was a master at sending messages to his players through the media. Like, Bill Parcells would get at you sometimes. If he couldn't stoke the fires in you in practice and in the building, he used the media and local beat writers in order to send those subliminal messages and let you know or put you on notice that things have to change. And I think that was the Memphis Grizzlies as a franchise putting the rest of the guys in that locker room on notice. Hey, all of this nonsense, all of this bark, no bite, no substance, that's got to change. You know, I don't have a problem with them parting ways from him at all. I mean, his play was going to make that happen anyway. But to go to extra and say under no circumstances – because when you say under no circumstances are we going to entertain bringing somebody back, that sends antennas up on my for me. It's like, okay, so what has he done that's so egregious that they're going to say this? Typically when you are making a personnel decision about not resigning a guy or trading a guy, whatever it is, unless he's done some Antonio Brown type stuff where you know he ain't never playing again, you don't say the things that the Memphis Grizzlies said about Dylan Brooks. So now I want to know, well, what's, the, what's behind the locker room door, man? What, what took place? Well, well, Key, it's not like, like they aired Dylan Brooks out. They, they simply said, we're not coming back with this kind of player under no circumstances. They are sending a strong message that we're not going to tolerate this nonsense. Dylan Brooks, what you did in the playoff series against the Lakers, we ain't going for that. So it's a message you are to essentially the rest of the a team. no. Yeah, you are essentially a no show. Yeah, they're sending a message. It's not to the rest of the NBA. It's to the guys in their locker but room. You have to and see they're that well it, within their rights to do that. I, I hear what you're saying, and it makes sense. But you must see, like, the fact that they didn't air him out makes it worse because it leads it to the imagination. So guys whoa, 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 like me or Key, yeah, let, let's, let's stop that, though, Let's stop that. Let's stop that. Because if you're a team that's interested in Dylan Brooks and free agency, you're not going to talk to nobody in the front office for Memphis? Like all of the stuff that we're talking about that we don't know or have insight into, the personnel evaluators, the personnel decision makers in other NBA front offices, they are going to be privy to that information. 
So whether they air it out, whether they put it in a statement for public yeah, consumption no, I get, or not, I see, but, but they're gonna, people know what's but going it, it on. But it depresses his Hold market. Second, from somebody who knows how, how, people yeah. in the organization, let me speak on this for a second. Yeah. A lot of people quibble with, well, the way they handle a lot of the chaos and the John Morant stuff. Like this is an organization that you know is it, kind of it's out of control. That's not actually not the case. It's actually a lot of mature people in this organization who are trying to get them on the right path. Mm. And how they handle John Morant is very sensitive, delicate subject matter. So we talk a lot about like whose persona overall creates what the image of the team is. And you talk about like oh. Memphis, and we want all the smoke. I'm like, is that really John Moran? Is that more Dylan Brooks pushing that kind of? I don't see. I think John Moran is young, still trying to find out He's who he is in this yeah. league. And I think Dylan Brooks, that persona, they try to take on that persona. They're saying that's not, Jay, not what we're that, about. That makes so much sense to me. But Chris, I just want to get back at you with this one. Mm. I get. It seems to me that they're doing what you said and what Jay said. Right? They're sending a message to the rest of the team. And Jay vouches, no, no, this is a mature, smart organization. Mm-hmm. But in order to send the message to the team, they're sacrificing Dylan Brooks at, on the altar of team building. Because his, how can his value not be depressed around the league when everyone's like, damn, do we even really want to kick the tires so, on his, his, play, his own wait, play wait, did that, though, Matt. Yeah, because he can't shoot. His own wait, play. Wait, I mean, wait, a couple wait. of years ago, you're talking about a guy that averaged 26 points a game in the playoffs. So, like that, that, that's, like that, he's not that guy anymore. But, Chris, back to your point. So if, if I don't make a statement, I, I, I can't. I can't depress your value? That's, you, that's you, what I'm like saying, if I Jay. So that's like what if I'm I, saying. If I don't make a statement, then you call me like, so what happened? Like, brr, that, that doesn't depress your value? It it's, probably does on a case-by-case basis. But that's what every, but everybody that wants to sign him, anybody that no has a need, a they're going to call due people due in Memphis. And I, and I don't think he will be out of the league. I think he'll get a job. But I think on like, of course he will. Do you think in, in, in a know. parallel universe where they don't say under any circumstances he's going to get paid the same next year as he would otherwise? Well, I, I don't know that the words have as much to do as what we saw in the postseason and what we saw during the regular season. No, this you're is right. Guy, you're this right. is a guy you're whose game has regressed the last couple of years. You're absolutely right, Canty. His, his game has regressed. His play will dictate what type of money he gets. I just don't like the words of what they use in under any situ, under any circumstances that they would re-sign him, bring him back. I understand and, it might be a message to the team, uh-huh. but now it makes me want to open up the door and look in there and say, well, well, what the hell did he do for them to say this? It's like their weight. They want people to poke in his, in his stuff, digging his trash can. They're asking people to dig in his trash can because when you say that, people want to know. Well, I, know. well, Key, I don't have an allegiance to Dylan Brooks as much as I do to my franchise and to my guys that are going to be on the court for me next year. But you don't need that, to say that, though, can't you? What, what, you but they do gone. need to. You do need to say it that way Why? to send the message. To send the message to the rest of the guys that are going to be playing no, for you. You, you, you do need whole, to say it that way. Under totally any circumstances, word. we not bringing it back. Meaning, I can get your attention. We're not rocking with guys can't that you? act like this anymore. I can get your attention by having a team meeting. And simply saying, who's to say they didn't try that though, Key? Who's to say they didn't I, try that? I can I don't guarantee know that you this: they did. you might not like what they, what they said about Dylan Brooks. I can promise you that the folks in Memphis did not like what Dylan Brooks did in poking LeBron James during the playoffs. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio.